and welcome to On The Ledge podcast, episode 123. It's 2020. And this week I am bringing you a tour of my Hoyas because I know that you guys love Hoyas. And I answer a question about an Aurelia called Fabian. Sounds like a Bond villain, but it is actually a plant. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another episode of On The Ledge. You've clearly missed me because quite a few of you have become patrons over the festive hiatus of the show. Travis, Portia, Wendy, Trent, Kristen, Mariah. Yep, I know it's starting to sound like the best supergroup ever, but we'll keep going. Ed, Michelle, Marion, Margaret and Natalia all became legends. Justin became a crazy plant person and Ellie upgraded her pledge from legend to supervan. Thank you to Meow Kitty 12345678 and Aunt Just Simply Me for lovely reviews of the show. And a quick note about the On The Ledge sew along, which is coming up soon. If you have been listening to the show since the start, you'll know that every spring around March time, we do a special project which you can all get involved in, sowing seed to grow houseplants. It's huge fun. It's a really great way to take your houseplant skills to the next level. So I really hope that you'll join me for the OTL Sew Along 2020. There's going to be a new element for 2020, sowing spores to grow ferns, which is a really exciting one. So I hope you're going to be interested in that. I would also love to hear from anyone who took part in the very first On The Ledge Sew Along, which was in 2018. If you've got plants that you grew during that sew along that are now mature and looking lovely, then I want to know. Perhaps you've got a plant that is now pride of place in your collection. I'd love to profile that in the show. So get in touch and let me know. I know very well that you guys love Hoyas. How do I know? Well, the episode that I did with Doug Chamberlain of Vermont Hoyas, that was episode 82, if you remember, was hugely popular and still is. In fact, at last count, it was the second most popular episode I've ever made of the show. So I thought it was about time to bring you a little bit of chat about the Hoyas that I own. There are a dozen of them and they're spread around my house and I'm very pleased to say that they are bringing me a great amount of joy. I recently got my hands on a fabulous book about Hoyas, which I highly recommend if you are really getting into this particular genus. It's called The Genus Hoya Species and Cultivation, and it's by Anders Wenstrom and Katerina Stenman. I hope I've pronounced their names correctly. And I referenced the book a few times in this chat. So do check out the show notes if you want to get yourself a copy It's a brilliant guide to many of the Hoyas that you will be growing and well worth the investment. So do check that out. So I'm going to pop inside now. Come and join me and let's talk Hoya. I have gathered the Hoyas from all around my house and brought them here to take a look at them all and to give you a guided tour just because most of them are up quite high and so they're hard to look at and talk about at the same time so here we are with the Hoyas and I have I thought I had 13 but I think actually two four six eight ten 
12, I actually think, unless I've forgotten one, <laughs> which is entirely possible that I have a dozen of these things. Let's talk first about the one that I've had the longest, and that is my variegated Hoya Carnosa, which, well, let's be fair, it's a shadow of its former self. If you listen to the Hoya episode with Doug Chamberlain, you will remember that my Hoya Carnosa suffered a terrible fate, which was that uh, I allowed some white, completely white leaves to grow. There was a stem that had completely white leaves on it and nothing else. And rather than judiciously cutting those off, I decided to leave them to grow. And it suddenly sent the plant into a tailspin. And I just about managed to save a single cutting, which I then replanted in a pot. And this is what I've got now. It's not doing so badly. It's already flowered and the single cutting has branched into two different stems. So it's looking reasonably good. Let's just describe this Hoya. It's probably the most common Hoya that you see out there. What most people would call the wax plant or wax flower. It's got the standard kind of leathery leaf that you'll be familiar with in the Hoya family. Um, I don't know exactly what variegation this cultivar is actually called by, but it's the one with cream edges, basically creamy white edges and a kind of a slight silvery splash in the centre. The leaves are, um, I would say, fairly standard thickness and they're a tiny bit furry. And it's a very attractive plant and I'm glad to say it's growing really, really well. If I see any of those white leaves, though, the first thing I'm going to do is get rid of them because, as I said before, it was bad news when this happened. So this is uh, doing pretty well now. I think what I'm probably going to do with this plant is take a cutting come spring because I would like it to bush out a bit more and have a bit more growth going on in the pot. It's doing the classic Hoya thing. People worry about this, but it really is totally normal for Hoyas. And in fact, many plants that scramble and climb about, which is putting out completely bare stems with no leaves on them at first. And you start to panic and think, where are my leaves? But what the plant's doing really, well, I think it's what it's doing. I, I, I think I've read this somewhere, but perhaps a botanist can confirm this for me. They kind of put out feelers to see whether it's a good place for them to grow. And then once that's confirmed that they're happy in that little extra ground that they've colonized then they start putting out the leaves so they don't really waste any energy before um, expanding into new areas what you also notice along the stem of the hoya uh, this particular hoya and many others is bumpy bits which again can be a bit alarming you might think you've got scale but it's actually just adventitious roots which um, will pop out and then really start to grow if they come across anything that's root that they can root into. Um, so this one's obviously hanging, so there's nothing for it to root into. So those adventitious roots tend to stay quite small, but they're not a problem. They're just just there waiting for the opportunity to root into something. So that's my Hoyakono. So the flowers on this are sort of shell pink, uh, furry. They're the thing that got me into Hoyas in the first place because they just are so unusual and gorgeous. And they flower quite easily, as I've already said. Um, so... Yeah, the flowers are great. The foliage is great. It's a really lovely plant. And if you have only one Hoya, then Hoya Carnosa is a good choice. It's easy to get hold of too, which is not true of all the Hoyas we're going to talk about today. Okay, from the sublime to the ridiculous, we're going to look at Hoya Linearis now. Now, if you remember, this specimen of mine came from James Wong as a cutting when I visited his place. 
and it's done really well. I mean, I've taken a lot of cuttings off this plant and yet it's still quite big and lush now, relatively speaking, given how long I've had it. It is very, very dry right now. I think I need to give this a good water because it's starting to get that kind of very dull look that plants get when they are in need of some drinking. And it's also quite light to pick up, so I know that it is, is a thirsty plant. And this will be repotted in the spring because I can see lots of roots coming through the bottom of the pot. What is it I love about Hoya linearis? Well, as the Latin name suggests, the leaves are really unusual. They're about four centimetres long, a couple of inches long, I'd say. And they look like a bit like runner beans or you don't call them runner beans in the US. A bit like, um, uh, what do you call runner beans in the US? I've forgotten. Green beans. They look a bit like green beans um, and they're, they're actually kind of rolled in on themselves and you get a little groove down the centre. And they're rather softly furry. They come out either side of the node and you get these long strings hanging down. And they really do look very different from any other Hoya that you'll come across. I guess that that adaptation is so that they can preserve water. And this Hoya does like to be kept on the dry side. What you'll find with the stems on this one is that it does produce leaves straight away unlike the carnosa but it it tends they tend to grow up the stems until they get heavy enough to start trailing down so you end up with this weird effect we've got kind of arms reaching up and then uh, gradually they, they will drop down as the plant matures and they get long enough that they start to hang the flowers on this one they tend to flower for me anyway towards the end of the summer uh, during autumn time and the flowers on this they've got a lovely scent which just comes into its own about seven o'clock in the evening um, they smell a lemony buttery lemony smell really delicious and the flowers are really adorable they are pure white and they tend to be visible among the clusters of leaves again this is a reason to have this plant hanging because it does look really great when viewed from below um, now this one grows in places like india and nepal and it's not the easiest of hoyas i've never had any problems with it but if you have a feeling that you are the kind of person who gives a plant too much water you may struggle with this one so just take care on the watering side and make sure it's really well drained but yeah this is one of my absolute favorites and um yeah i wouldn't be without that particular hoya uh right one more fairly mature plant to talk about and that is hoya matilde now this is actually a hybrid it's a cross between hoya serpanes and hoya carnosa and this one came as a cutting i can't remember who gave this to me i think it was on a uk houseplant swap facebook group but again if you are going to start off with hoyas and you want something quite easy to get going with i think matilde's a really good choice um, this plant has small roundish oval leaves with silver splashing on them. I mean, it's hard to generalize with Hoyas because the leaf shape does change. I find that sometimes uh, the leaf leaves can be quite elongated and then other ones are quite oval and that changes as the leaf, as the stem matures. This one hasn't flowered yet, but I just love the look of it. It's, it's actually desperately in need this one of being trained around a hoop so that i can really enjoy the foliage up close the flowers on this one it looks very much like carnosa except the flowers are white and fuzzy rather than pale pink and fuzzy according to wenstrom and stemman this flowers early and often so i'm i'm, I'm still waiting my flowers but i'm hoping that they will come fairly soon 
But even if it never flowered, I think I would still be in love with this plant. It's really, really beautiful. Uh, I, I propagated a cutting of this using the hummus tub technique, thanks to Sally Williams for for uh, highlighting that brilliant technique for me. And it worked really well for this plant. The only thing is you end up with roots coming from every uh, node. So what I would do once it's rooted is then lay it on some compost and allow it to root. But it's a really easy plant. Uh, you can't go far wrong with this. And apparently the scent is quite like Hoya Canosa. I have never got any scent at all out of my Hoya Canosa, So that's not very informative. But yeah, I'm not too worried about the scent. Uh, I think if it's got beautiful flowers, then that's quite enough for me. So those are my three biggest plants, but I've got some other ones to tell you about. Uh, the next one, well, this one is a bit of a mystery, uh, but it is possibly my favourite Hoya that I've grown so far. I'm going to call it Hoya villosa, but like a lot of Hoya taxonomy, there is arguments about um, the name of this plant. There is discussion about whether Hoya globulosa and Hoya villosa are in fact the same plant. Uh, I'm going to call it villosa because apparently villosa has wavy edges to the leaves, whereas villosa doesn't. And mine definitely has wavy edges, so I'm going to go for the name villosa. Why do I love this Hoya? Well, the leaves, they're quite big. They're sort of sausage shaped about 10, 12, 15 centimetres long. And underneath, they are deliciously hairy. Just very, very soft, tiny hairs covering the surface, which makes them very tactile because on top, they're lovely, glossy and smooth. And the leaf, and one of the finest points about this foliage is that the veins are very apparent. There's this amazing kind of crocodile pattern where the veins are dark and the space in between is slightly lighter. And it's just really gorgeous. I'm really enjoying the foliage on this one. And um, you just can't stop stroking the underside of those leaves. So this is a cutting that I got from Tommy Tonsberg, the wonderful Norwegian grower that we heard from quite a few episodes ago. I'll put a link to the show notes to his episode in there. He was very kind enough to give me lots of Hoya cuttings. And this has taken beautifully and is doing really well. It's doing that thing, as I've already described, of putting out the leaf stem and then the leaves are following actually it's just starting to produce some new leaves but so far this has been super easy i just potted up the cutting once i'd rooted it and away it goes it's absolutely fine i just can't get enough of this one uh, the flowers on this one they're pale lemon yellow and white i haven't seen this one flower yet but i'm hoping it will Apparently, according to Stenman and Wenstrom, it's easy to grow, but it doesn't produce a lot of flowers. Well, I don't care because I'm just in love with the foliage. Now, apparently this one likes a quite a lot of sun and then appreciates a bit of a, a cooler period during the winter. I have to say mine has been in quite deep shade so far and it's doing absolutely fine. It's not fussed about that at all. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty tolerant. back for more of me wigging out about Hoyas shortly but now it's time for question of the week which comes from Michelle and this one came in on Twitter where I'm at Jane Perone and Michelle has a Fabian Aurelia 
and she has a problem. <laughs> the problem is that her plant has got what I describe as a serious case of legginess. Lots of bare stems, leaves at the top, and possibly the not the most pleasing of shapes. And so Michelle's wondering if she can encourage growth of a new stem at the bottom of the plant. Now this is fairly typical of Aurelias. They do tend to drop their lower leaves at the drop of a hat if they're not happy with conditions. And unfortunately, there isn't a super quick fix for this problem. It's one that you're gonna to have to tackle over a period of time. I would suggest waiting until the spring, Michelle. So we're talking about really early to mid-March before you do anything. In the meantime, just, just try to keep the plant as happy as possible. They need reasonably high humidity and it doesn't like to get too cold over winter either. Uh, so, But if you can give it reasonably good conditions until springtime, then what I'd advise doing is well, I would do it one at a time, really. I would take the leggiest stem and cut it right back to just above a leaf node. Now, this is scary to do, but I think this should promote new growth from the base of the plant. If you want to be really brutal, you could do two or even all three of the stems at the same time. But that way you're risking everything because the plant might just keel over and die. This way, it still has some leaves to gather energy via photosynthesis, you will get new growth hopefully and then once that growth is underway and established then you'll be able to cut back the other stems as the plant recovers and you can then reshape the whole plant that way but it is going to take a while it might take up to a year to get the plant exactly right and if you let conditions lapse with this plant it will protest very quickly so it's one that you're going to have to be in for the long haul Michelle most house plants if you want to promote new growth you are looking at cutting them back that is how the plant is stimulated to grow more is by being cut back whenever you're doing that just make sure you're using a really sharp and clean knife or pair of snips or pair of secateurs so that you're not passing any infection from plant to plant. Make a clean cut. By cutting just above a leaf node it means that that's the point where the new growth will develop from and you won't get a length of stem that rots off uh, above the node because it's just hanging around there and it can't really do anything. So give that a try if you've got any plants that are getting leggy Try cutting them back. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You lose the plant. Well, if it's not looking great in the first place, then uh, it's, it's a really worthwhile experiment. And I would definitely give this a go with your Ming Aurelia, Michelle. And as I say, the other thing to, just to do is to make sure it, it's as happy as it can possibly be. I hope that's helped. And I do hope your Fabian is back in rude health very soon. And I had one other question that I wanted your help with. Ashley got in touch about her Raphidophora tetrasperma. Ashley is worried. Don't be worried, Ashley. We will solve this problem. There are dark green patches underneath the leaves of her raffi, as I like to call them, and it's undergoing heavy gutation. Ashley says the soil seemed quite dry, so she'd given the plant some water at the bottom of the pot, which sounds like a good practice. And it's been a couple of weeks since she's last watered. She's worried if, whether the plant's okay. I'll put a picture in the show notes of this plant with its dark green patches. Immediately as I read this email, I rushed off to look at my Raphidophora tetrasperma to see if it had the same patches. But no, the backs of my leaves are just plain pale green so I'm not sure what's going on here. This plant's under a grow light with Ashley's other aroids and she just doesn't understand what the green patches are about. So I, my theory on this one is that it's some kind of form of edema that the 
that there's been an overwatering incident at some point and that has caused problems in the plant cells which has caused these patches but I'm I'm not totally convinced by my own theory and I'd love to know what you think. Ashley thinks that the dark patches weren't there prior to watering which is important to say otherwise I might be opting for the idea that it's some kind of variegation but I don't know I would love your thoughts it's a bit of a mystery this one so do get in touch if you've got an answer to Ashley's raffidophora problem. That's all for question of the week uh, if you've got a question that I can help with a plant ID a mystery bug or something odd happening to your oxalis. I want to know. And now let's get back to the Hoya tour. And it's time for a small Hoya with a large name. Okay, moving on. And now we're on to one of my smaller cuttings. Again, thank you, Tommy Tonspo, for providing so many beautiful plants. Now this one is called, I'm going to have to look at this carefully because it's a long one, Hoya Kanya Kumariana. Uh, this one comes from India. It's got quite small, they're about two centimetres by two centimetres leaves um, in a kind of heart, reversed heart shape. So the thinnest bit is where the leaf joins the stem and, or I guess you could say teardrop shape, that's simpler to say. Uh, but the leaves are very wavy and undulating with a very slight silver fleck. This one is a good plant if you don't have a lot of room. This plant does stay pretty small. So if you don't have room for one of the more expansive Hoyas, then this is a great choice. Apparently this one's a good one for sunny conditions and dry air, which is excellent. Although I know in this room I don't have a lot of problems with dry air. It's usually about 50 to 60 degrees. But if you do have a dry room, then this might be a good choice for you. Apparently it doesn't take too long for the plant to reach flowering size. So that's good news. My cutting is about... 10 centimetres long right now, so looking forward to that. Um, and so far it's given me absolutely no trouble at all. It's just doing its thing and establishing lots and lots of roots. And no doubt I will be seeing lots of growth soon. Lots of people panic when they pot up a cutting and then nothing happens, it just sits there. Well, of course, something is happening. The roots are growing below the surface. So you just have to be a little bit patient at this stage. I'm sure in the springtime, this will really start to come to life. Okay, let's move on to the next one. We've got a Hoya that has a really thick and chunky leaves. It's Hoya obovata. This one sometimes get, gets mixed up with Hoya kerii because the leaf shape is a little bit sim similar. But the leaves of this, they are not quite round, very, very thick with a silver stippling on them. Uh, this is from Indonesia and it does grow. I have heard from some listeners that it does grow quite big. Right now, my cutting's just got three leaves on it, and it has literally done nothing above the surface since I got it, other than do a nice bit of rooting itself. So, can't wait till spring to see this really spring into life. The leaves are pretty, but I'd like to see the flowers too. They're red and white, uh, and yeah, that would be nice to see some flowers. Apparently, this is easy to grow and flower, so I'm looking forward to seeing the results. Um, apparently, the other thing that's good about this plant is, unlike Hoya kerii, it doesn't produce lots of red nectar, which I know some people find very troublesome about kerii. So that is a plus for Hoya obovata. Okay, next up. Just looking around the corner here. Ah, yes, Hoya fungi. Now, this is an interesting one. I think it's fungi anyway. That's how I've identified it. If you look at the show notes and say, that's not fungi, then please let me know. 
So what can I tell you about Hoya fungi? Well, the most interesting thing so far has been that the new leaves it's produced, well, every single set of new leaves has been a different shape. So the, the cutting I got, the leaves are quite rounded um, on the, uh, the very first uh, node. They're very rounded. Then the second lot of leaves were kind of small and pointy. Then I've got a really round set of leaves. And then the latest leaves are really long again. So I think that the Hoya genus as a whole does seem to have this tendency of changing its leaf shape according to conditions which is rather interesting. Now Hoya fungi, a bit like the villosa that we were talking about earlier, the has prominent green veins with paler patches in between. This seems to be particularly prominent on the newer leaves. I've got this single cutting here which is doing rather nicely, it's just throwing out a new stem and I think I'm looking forward to seeing how this one develops. It's known as a, as a plant that's good for beginners, quite easy, can actually apparently put up with a bit of frost even. So there's a plant that you can have outside for quite a large proportion of the year if you live in a climate like mine, which is temperate. It's got white flowers with a red centre and it's supposed to have a sweet fragrance. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this one develops. Right now, it's doing nicely and I mean it's not... My favourite in terms of the leaves, the leaves are, are a little bit dull, but if it has great flowers, then that is all I need. Okay, now we're on to the smallest of my Hoyas, which is Hoya curtisii. This is a couple of cuttings, again from the lovely Tommy Tonsberg. This is a really tiny leaf. The leaves are about, oh gosh, I wouldn't even say they're a centimetre across. They're probably half a centimetre across splashed with silver, dark green. I mean, they're, they're rather charming actually. And each leaf has a sort of a sharp point at the end of it. Um, and I think that they're gonna, that it, as it grows, it's gonna be turned into quite an interesting plant. This comes from Malaysia. Um, and again, if you like a small growing plant, then this is another one that would be ideal for you. Now, Wenstrom and Stenman in their book, which I shall put a link to in the show notes. Recommend putting this in a shallow wide dish um, or pot because it's quite a scrambling um, way of growing. <laughs> Inevitably for me, mine is not in that uh, form of pot, but it is in quite a small container. Um, and so far it hasn't done a lot. It's just sat there. I'm hoping for some really nice growth this spring though. Uh, it's it's a really pretty plant. If you like something like Serapedia woodyite, then you might like the way that this plant looks. Um, flowers, the flowers are cool on this one. It's got these amazing combination of lime green and pink, and it looks a little bit like a tiny shooting star. So rather a cool flower. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Right, we've got three left to look, no, four left to look at. Okay, now here's where we get a little bit vague because I have two specimens which... Well, as I've already indicated, the world of Hoyer's uh, taxonomy is a complicated one. And I've got two plants here, which I'm not quite sure what they are. I think one of them is Hoyer David Cummingii. Um, I guess there's a guy called David Cumming <laughs> uh, who was involved in uh, Hoyer research. Um, and this is a plant that comes from the Philippines. It's only a small cutting as I've got of this one. And so far it's, mm, well... Um, it's not doing great. The latest growth, the leaves that I've got coming, uh, well, supporting it right now are a little bit distorted. I'm not sure what's caused that. 
It is starting to put out some new growth though, so we'll see how that goes. The leaves are really quite thick and very inflexible. They're, you can't bend them at all. They're very, very rigid. Um, they're sort of slightly darker at the edges and paler in the middle with a very pale underside. Apparently it's got a buttery scent. I like the sound of that. And um, this one is not recommended for the beginner. Oh dear. Um, because it isn't the easiest to flower or grow. Um, now, what else, does, what else do we know about this one? The flowers are dark red and yellow and, and sound quite nice. It'll be interesting to see how I get in with this one. And if indeed it is Hoya uh, David Cummingii. Uh, if anyone looks at the picture and can tell me otherwise, I would love to know. Because there are a few Hoyas like this that are quite similar looking. And so it's pretty easy to get these ones mixed up. Also, a lots of the names have changed. And this is where the next Hoya comes in. Now, I think this plant is one that's known as DS70. Uh, the, <laughs> there is a lot of confusion around this plant. Um, there seems to be many names that it's called by, including Sangii, Odetii, um, but uh, I'm looking at it and, and my best intelligence is that this plant is the Hoya known as Hoya DS70. I mean, not the most exciting foliage. It has got a more prominent pale uh, vein, midrib ve and veins this time, with darker surrounds for the leaves. Um, and it's got red and yellow flowers. It is a good one for beginners, apparently, and it does flower freely. So I'm hoping that these two cuttings I've got, which are already putting on really good growth, will continue to thrive. Um, but yeah, they're doing all right. So DS70, I salute you. I hope that you grow well. Right, more taxonomic confusion ahead. Let me go and grab this Hoya. Uh, this, this is most often sold as Hoya macrophylla variegata. Oh, hello, Wolfie. Don't run into any Hoyas, please, dog. Hello, darling. Will you come to see the Hoyas? Yes, they're very nice. Oh, are you tired? Why are you tired? You've been lying on the sofa. Right, okay, thank you. Go and lie on the sofa now. We're going to be stroked. Okay, let's stroke you while I talk about this Hoya. So this is Hoya macrophylla. I think this is really up there with um, the Villosa, uh, running close second for my most popular Hoya. I was very confused when I when I looked around for this plant's name because most people seem to call it macrophylla variegata. It's got beautiful cream edges to the leaves and a wonderful venation on the leaves where the veins are pale, uh, um, much paler than the flesh in between and there's that standard silver splashing. It's a really beautiful plant. You also, when the sun is out, you also get little shades of red coming into this leaf. It's really gorgeous. I'm really happy with this one. Wolfie, please don't knock Hoyas over. Um, so this one, uh, yeah, so Hoya macrophylla, we thought, but then I started to see sometimes that this plant is actually called clandestina. And when I looked in this lovely Hoya book, that seemed to be the suggestion that actually what I was growing was clandestina, even though it's often... Are you having a drink, Wolfie? So this plant is often sold as macrophylla, but from what I can see right now, and that may change as I learn more, but it does seem to actually be 
properly named clandestina in that actually there is a macrophylla but it's not very popular the one that is around is clandestina how confusing anyway this is a plant from indonesia and it's recommended as an easy one to grow and it is indeed a really beautiful plant uh, the flowers i haven't had any flowers yet but they're kind of whitey off-whitey color apparently uh, not much scent i mean in fact i don't care if this plant flowers because the leaves are just so incredible really thick particularly in the older leaves um and they're about 12 centimeters long wolfie you've got to sort of stop this doing this come on right the dog has been exiled while i finish recording this so Yes, a macrophylla slash clandestina. What beautiful leaves this plant has. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing this grow. It's grown so well since I got it from Tommy Tonsberg. And I'm really excited to see how it develops. I pot recently potted this up into terracotta and it seems to be doing absolutely fine. So uh, yes, that is a plant that I'm really keeping an eye on and I'm going to train it into round a hoop, I think, to make it look, look nice. So that's a good one to try if you can get your hands on it. The non-variegated form is pretty nice too, but the variegated form, if you like variegation, is very beautiful. So definitely worth a look. And finally, uh, that darling of Instagram, Hoya Kerii. I was gifted a couple of small plants from the wonderful North One Garden Centre. I have to say, so far, I haven't done particularly well with them. Quite a few leaves fell off i repotted them into a single pot and i think i oversized the pot so they got a little bit of root rot and as i understand it this is a real problem for these carry eyes so if you doesn't if the name doesn't ring a bell these are the ones that are sold as heart-shaped leaves individual leaves stuck in a pot often around valentine's day and but they do grow into lovely vines if you can get them to grow this needs full sun uh, I need to put this into another position and hopefully now that I've kind of kept got the watering right and given it more light this will really start to thrive but I've been struggling so far with this variegated Hoya carrier. oh now I'm dropping gosh I've just dropped compost everywhere in my excitement no matter I'm always dropping compost somewhere yeah so this is a plant that I will continue to battle with and hopefully get it to thrive I think it's got plenty of potential to be a really lovely plant with these gorgeous leaf leaves that are heart-shaped with cream variegation around the edges it's a very sought after plant so i really hope i can make it thrive it's going to go into some more a sunnier spot and we'll see where it takes us i will keep you posted uh it is a plant that that flowers reasonably easily uh with these amazing flowers with furry white corollas and then a central red corona which is where this red uh, nectar comes from which can be a bit of a pain if it drops all over your carpet so that's one thing to beware with hoya kerii but you know what i know there's all this craze about hoya kerii but i think there are so many wonderful hoyas out there that you know if you can get your hands on any hoya then it really they, these plants really are a treat to grow so that's my Hoya collection. I think I've, I think I really hope I've got all of them. I think I have. Uh, I'm really pleased with the way this collection is growing, and I'm really keen to add more to my selection because looking through 
the internet and YouTube and books and information about these plants. There's just so many amazing ones out there. So I would love to know what Hoyas you are growing and how they're doing for you. And if anyone in the UK is interested in a bit of a swap, I might be able to send you a bit of Linearis in exchange for something else that I don't have, then please let me know because it is so much fun to grow these plants. Phew, that's a lot of Hoyas, but I want more. Yes, I must have more. Sorry, uh, momentarily uh, let the mask slip there and revealed my true horrible Hoya obsession. Anyway, uh, yeah, I love Hoyas, as you may have grasped. I hope you do too. Check out the show notes at janeperone.com for pictures of my plants and also for details of that wonderful Hoya book, The Genus Hoya, which I highly recommend you get your hands on. If you're looking for advice on cultivation of Hoyas, do go back and listen to episode 82 if you haven't already. But they're also incredibly tolerant plants. This is why perhaps they've not been as popular in the garden centres as other house plants, because actually once you've bought one, you've probably got it for life because they are just so tough. So celebrate the Hoya because these plants are truly wonderful. And if you look after them, they'll be with you for decade after decade. It's meant to be Houseplant Appreciation Day today, but as everyone who listens to this show will know, every day is Houseplant Appreciation Day. But do take a moment to enjoy your plants and recognise all the joy they bring into your life. And maybe spread the word by offering a non-planty friend a cutting or a baby plant so that they too can learn what you've learned, that plants make people happy. episode was Roll Jordan Roll by The Joy Drops, I Snossed, I Lost by Dr. Turtle, and Whistle by Benjamin Banger. All these tracks are licensed under Creative Commons. See the show notes at janeperone.com for details.